Hello and welcome to your TF for the week, whether it's your first one, your second one, your third one, or whether you're listening to this in some future week because you're listening to back episodes because you really love us. Thank you. Anyway, hi, I'm Riley still. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm here in the studio with Milo. Hey, it's me, your boy. If you're listening to this in the future, um, are we all slaves yet? Uh, (laughs) Do we live on Mars? Are we all uh, suffocating because Elon Musk spent too much time programming like weird David Bowie Easter eggs into the into the oxygen system and forgot to put any oxygen in there? Thanks for listening. Hey, uh, if you can, warn us. Send us a message back in time about how things are. I hope Send you're well. Send the Terminator. <laughs> Gosh, God damn it. Uh, we also have Nate on the boards. Hello, it's me. Uh, I spoke with a friend today and he mentioned, he said, you know, looking at the weather, it seems like England isn't really going to be affected by global warming as much as the rest of the world. I'm like, yeah, if you watch Children of Men, they don't complain about the weather. It's just all the other problems, which are real. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going into weather corner, but nope, you're going into dystopia corner. Children of Men is about incels, which is the, the deepest British uh, energy. Oh, no. Yo, Children of Men is about that that Catholic Federalist writer who announced on Twitter, I may be getting divorced, but I will never stop being married. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I will never stop being married. That's a bumper sticker among a thousand other bumper stickers on a car that gets seized for state's evidence. (laughs) (laughs) So this isn't a divorce court. You're on trial for fraud. (laughs) And of course, we also have Alice calling in from sunny Glasgow. Hello. Yes, definitely not having a nervous breakdown about climate still. Mm. No, no. Well, Sunny Glasgow not. is the first horseman <laughs> yes, of the climate apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we are joined by returning champion friend of the show, Zoe Gardner. Zoe, how are you doing? I'm good. I, I have to say I'm actually literally the person sent back from the future and I can confirm it's trash. Ooh. Oh, good. well, hey. You sound so much less Austrian than I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the future, actually, everyone's Austrian. That's the one part the Terminator got right. We have to stop it in the future. There are no basements. <laughs> anyway, boy, you, re- you really, you love taking it to a Fritzel place. Who well, so does he. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the inspiration for the song Love Shack. <laughs> Incidentally, also has a bumper sticker on the door. I'll never stop being married. <laughs> Hop in my car. Let's go to my jail. <laughs> All right, all right. We have so much today, as usual. So I'm going to jump right in. And I'm going to note, we haven't done this in a while because I've been like hoarding products and startups for live shows um, because sometimes they're a bit tough to find the ones that balance evil and stupidity. But I've found one today that I didn't want to wait for. Oh, good. Uh, It's a startup called IRL. Hmm. Mm. As in, in in real life, like uh, yeah, it is the acronym uh, in real life. So yes. it's like a thing that ties to your social media, so that they have all your personal information. And they can call the cops on you when you flame someone on Twitter. <laughs> I was thinking more like the Pokemon Go thing, like it like projects your social media into your real life. Ooh, so yeah, you, you, you go for a walk and you just get tweets calling you out. 
<laughs> like, oh my god, look at your walk. What are you wearing? I hate it when I get cancelled by my garden. Uh, it's a new kind of it's a new kind of Pokemon Go type thing that they've invented in Silicon Valley, but it's to it's to help tech entrepreneurs um, find uh, people on the street who are just over the age of consent. Oh. Uh, I was I was gonna say also Gotta you catch could, them all. If you're saying it's like Pokemon Go, you could say it's like Pokemon Go, but that's programmed by the Democrats to direct people towards polling stations so they lose again. But they actually did some other shit like that. Where they've released a limited edition wallpaper for your phone with a picture of Trump making a kissy face that boy, says "boy bye,", bye. Oh. and um, the problem is Trump's making his like kissy lips for when he talks, but it looks like he's rimming the O. <laughs> Damn! So it's like, yeah, lick I, my hole, Donald. I, I'd love to have a picture of Donald Trump rimming the letter O on my phone at all times to own him. But it's an exclusive wallpaper, though. A very exclusive yeah. wallpaper. That's such a Trump thing too. to be like, yeah, this wallpaper. Paper. It's very exclusive. Yeah, it's, but it's infinitely downloadable. Not a lot of people have this wallpaper, folks. There's no- the reason why it has the dimensions of a phone from ten years ago. There's- All right, it's special. <laughs> there's nothing. Ex- to- there's nothing exclusive the about party. a digital file. No Christmas party, folks. No wallpaper at all. Milo, no I just I, I just realized your Donald Trump shifted up an octave as Michael Jackson. <laughs> okay. Folks. Yeah, yeah. If Donald Trump has a key change, ranch. it's Michael Jackson. Very yeah. bad wallpaper. <laughs> but, the but, monkey butler, he couldn't speak English, folks. But cha- Terrible. Very sad. There's a key change, but ca- changes not many other things. Anyway, <laughs> um, so here's the first blanked out line from IRL All your blank, one place to blank them. Seamlessly <laughs> integrated with the rest of your blank. <laughs> Wasn't that a line from the Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I think it's still a Fritzel thing, isn't it? <laughs> All your family. Is it like a like a LastPass slash like key storage thing, but for all the horrible devices that are internet controlled now, like your door locks? Um, blank your friends, favorite sports teams, musicians, comedians, local venues, and more. Imprison in your basement. <laughs> Oh, is it like is it like Yelp for your friends? You can rate people. <laughs> oh, is it one of those things where you can track people wherever they are? That is really creepy, and people in relationships doing it's wrong. Yeah, mm. uh, it's fortunately it's not another one of those. Um, also, I'd like to note uh, for a few. I'd like to file this for the future that Joseph Fritzl's name is spelled like he's already a startup. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all Austrians are a kind of uh, startup. Um, and second, finally, no. Do more of what you blank with the people you blank. So, it, will it suggest like playdates for you? Like, <laughs> yep. Do do more of what oh you love God. with the people you. Oh, is love. it like linking up where your friends are and with the like venues that you go to, and then you oh, can like show up and be like, "Hi, you didn't invite it? me, but here I am." God, essentially, yes. Great. I think, oh. I think amazing. Although I think that I think Alice caught it best, which is, uh, yeah, playdates, but it's got an, an extra and awful element. What if um, what if your phone was your mum? curate the best of what's happening express your real life interests and influence what people are up to is their tagline influence what people are up to (laughs) like like the nazis (laughs) i thought thought we were going fritzel with that one again oh well i'll say that Milo's steering hard into Fritzel this episode. Your mom is setting up a play date. It's with your dad. <laughs> Again. And by play, we mean a date. <laughs> so, yeah, curate the best of what's happening, express your real life interests, uh, and influence what people are up to. 
Um, express your real life interests, not like those fake interests that I'm always expressing online, <laughs> like yodeling, <laughs> blowing on a big Swiss horn. That's what my dating profile says. So, uh, said the um, said the CEO uh, Abe Shafi. Uh, there's Twitter for follow my updates. There's SoundCloud for follow my music, but there's no follow my events. The IRL CEO tells yeah, me, yeah, because that doesn't make sense. No. There's Eventbrite, like there's yeah, but but that doesn't have influencers. Oh dang, <laughs> that's what it was missing. It needs it's Eventbrite, but with people who have six packs, more or less. So tells me of his plan to tur- turbocharge the calendar app. They're arguably the best product that's <laughs> been built for organizing what <laughs> like, you're doing. This is like a really like weird, like what if Alan Johnson would design Need for Speed 2? <laughs> <laughs> They're arguably the best product that's been built, a calendar generally, so he's disrupting the calendar, uh, for organizing what you're doing. Uh, just like Gregory. But no one- <laughs> <laughs> just strongly Mayan startup. <laughs> they're, they're- they're arguably the best product, blah, 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 but no one has superhumaned or slacked the calendar. Let's oh God, build a I super fucking verbs. dope calendar. <laughs> Damn. Okay. To superhuman, to slack. Okay, wait, hang on. So the, uh, the origin of this was, <laughs> what if the calendar was different? No, if that you're just wasn't doing the, the origin. Off I, of the phone yeah. and you see the calendar app. Your nose accidentally opens the calendar app and you're like, I got it. I actually you find ha- up all your eel friends and you're like, guys, we're going to start a business. I actually have um, why he started it. And it's not cocaine, surprisingly. Hmm. Um, Abe, Sha- Abe Shafi was former VP of product at the HR platform Dice. I love but he started- product. But he started to become disillusioned by- I love ca- making product at Dice. <laughs> so, ch- no, let-, let me get this out. This is amazing. At the Dice sucking factory. This, this, no, this- let me get this line out. It's incredible. Okay. That's what he said when he was coming up with his idea. <laughs> he, started, he started to become disillusioned by tech's impact on society and quite nearly left the industry before time at Burning Man rekindled his fervor for events. <laughs> nah. He's the ayahuasca man. 100 points. 100 points to this article for getting every single thing about tech idiots doesn't into Dice, one sentence. Doesn't Dice make video games? I don't fucking know what these companies do. It says they make HR DJ Vinny. <laughs> yeah, they make DJ Vinny dice. Um, I'm inclined to just believe whatever they say. I'm sure they're an HR platform. Well, like here at Dice, we believe in keeping it old school. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they just like I don't know. They like fire you in case if you do like a misspelling on a on a Skype message. Um, so here's where he says what they're doing. Basically, yeah, it's a calendar where you make and propose events to your friends, and then it creates a group to hammer out plans. It's Google Calendar plus a WhatsApp group, but with millions and millions and millions of dollars in funding and a douchebag at the head of it. So um, it's 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 a group chat, only like it's vastly overfunded and people can't roast you on it for misspelling something. Yes. It, it's it's the lads group chat, but for nerds. <laughs> um what if this had an integrated calendar so we could all decide when we were going to be lads together? <laughs> and in, and instead, in real, in real life, like the actual phrase, it's just weirdly obscure memes about Axe body spray that it's impossible <laughs> to market. Setting up a Google Doodle for, like, Tuesday night strippers and coke to check all the boys are free. Oh, I'm sorry, Marcus has Pilates. <laughs> Shafi believes that all the intent data about what people want to do could be valuable for directing them to certain restaurants, bars, theaters, or festivals, though he promises they're never going to sell the data to advertisers. <laughs> I promise! Super swear. So, is the so idea it's that- valuable, but we won't sell it. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because that's how it works. Yeah, you, no, you don't want to sell like it. like the council houses. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the opposite of council houses businesses have stuff that's valuable they promise not to sell it 
local councils have lots of stuff that's valuable, so they have to get rid of it immediately. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's how it works. That's, yes. you, so that's how you run stuff like a business. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is that all in this, this article about this company quite rightly identifies, the problem is that all of this could be handled with text messaging and a calendar. <laughs> that's why IRL is doubling down on event discovery through influencers. Remember what I said earlier? Influence uh, what people do. Uh, so it's the idea that you have like your calendar app and it has like your work stuff and maybe some personal things, and then it just randomly is popping up like Farmville style things to tell you to like go to some shit gig you don't want to go to. Yeah, it'll be someone from Love Island. Yeah, exactly. One of your mates like follows a Love Island influencer, and so then you get suggested like shit events where you pay a shit ton to like. This is just Facebook. This is actually on Facebook. Yeah. Brian, Brian Jones invited you to discover an event called Suicide in the Rainforest. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, essentially, um, I think what this does is it basically is either Facebook, where you get suggested to go to like see one of the guys from Love Island try to DJ at a Milton Keynes nightclub, or it facilitates stalking. Hmm. So if you're a, if you're if you're an influencer who doesn't have a security detail, someone's probably going to use this to like try and find you all the time. I'm just imagining one of the Love Island morons having like a full Secret Service style security <laughs> detail, <laughs> just like walking through the Sugar Hut and people are being like, uh, "Woman in the red dress, uh, t- two o'clock." <laughs> so she's, she's carrying a WKD. So the, uh, the the repeat, she's carrying a WKD. Uh, <laughs> she, she may, and I repeat, have a wicked side. <laughs> so, um, th- but before we move off of IRL, uh, because this is just so goofy, this is probably the go- the next thing that I have to say is the goofiest thing about IRL. What is IRL's mission? This is from their website. <laughs> to, to melt my brain into a kind of consumable <laughs> slurry. Uh, technically, they say their mission's the opposite of that. Oh. Uh, to solidify my brain, brain into kind of chicken nuggets. <laughs> IRL aims to solve technology addiction by bringing people together in real life. By making people use technology more (laughs) for things they would otherwise do with real life things, like a calendar and talking to people. No, how can we reduce technology addiction? I don't know, by introducing more technology. Oh, this guy's addicted to heroin. Well, maybe if we give him loads of heroin, then he'll go (laughs) off the stuff. He'll get bored of heroin. If you take enough heroin, I hear you die. And then you're not addicted to heroin anymore, are you? Smart. Oh man, uh, we're more connected today than we've ever been, thanks to social. Thanks to sharing needles. Thanks to social. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Thanks social. Thank you thanks social. social. Thank you product. <laughs> <laughs> However, and thank you to Dice as well. Yeah, one yeah. of our oldest companions. Our, our yeah. official sponsor, Dice. Whichever <laughs> is it, DJ Vinny Dice? Is it Dice the HR platform, just, or is it Dice the terrible the event shape. sponsor? Yeah. I figured it out. Apparently, I looked it up. Apparently, Dice is like a LinkedIn resume service, but only only for tech jobs. <laughs> so if you want to hire tech people, you use Dice, which looks like a really... I'm going to put it up on the screen. It looks like a very badly designed website. But if that guy is like the VP of product, then who knows? Maybe maybe no one cares about it anymore. We'll see. That's previous yeah. of inventing apps that already exist. Yes. This looks like what the site you get when a domain is up for sale. And yet apparently <laughs> it's Dice.com. Someone buy us uh, gettingyourdicerolled.com. Dice is a very appropriate name for a tech recruitment company because it does reflect the inherent randomness of all these people who end up making telephone number salaries in tech despite having absolutely no discernible talent or ability to apply logical thinking to the shit that they make. (laughs) Okay. 
On average, U.S. consumers spend five hours on their phones each day, and nowhere is this trend more worrisome than with teens. Consumers are doing teens. that. Several so you should definitely give people access to teens' calendars so they can yeah. find ways to lure them away, maybe into a basement, maybe somewhere else, you know? Keep them from their phones. Yeah, keep them for safety reasons. They've created, a, they've created a Google Doodle to see when everyone's free to become trans! <laughs> <laughs> this is the last thing we wanted! <laughs> Australian Labour, Australian Liberal Party, rather, the greatest, greatest nightmare. Oh, rack off, Bill. Get away from me, fucking truck. <laughs> gets me that always gets me several recent studies have found a link between smartphone use and teen depression and suicide so IRL was designed, is terrible yeah so irl was designed therefore to solve this problem by boosting its users self-confidence by giving people a fucking calendar <laughs> to boost its users self-confidence somehow and take away the anxiety and social pressure of inviting friends to hang out jesus anyone oh could yeah, do no, this but it is. it's like literally like find out where your friends who are trying to like phase you out are hanging out and show up and be like hey no you can't do that anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah the weird guy who's always creeping on everyone he's gonna be there every time every single Wonderful. damn time this yeah. is the trouble with all of the products that define our lives are now designed by like asocial nerds who are like oh i find hanging out with people gives me anxiety and everyone's always avoiding me so everyone else must feel that way i'm gonna design an app that makes people hang out with you by using algorithms we've, had, we've added a social element to the calculator app <laughs> you can share you can share when you write boobs on it <laughs> I, I fucking I hate tech nerds so much. The other day, I, well, I say the other day, it was a couple of months ago. I was at a That's house a very party. Stand up move. So a friend of mine uh, lives with a guy who works for Google, who's actually fairly chill. But like, he, they had a house party, and a load of this guy's Google friends came over, and they were all like, they all had loads of money, so they were like dressed in like expensive like hipster clothing. But Supreme, they had, uh, yeah, but <laughs> Gucci, but had, like, Louis. But they had like no idea what stuff was. So then what they were like having all these conversations about like how edgy they were, except none of them had any concept of what was trendy at all. And so the other day, one of them was like, um, oh, yeah, guys, have you heard about this place called Shoreditch? I was like oh losing my fucking mind. What if we made mind. an app that could tell us that there was like a place called Shoreditch we could go to? Wow. I know. Oh, I, oh my God, there's a rooftop. Milo, I do love that you said that you like you hate nerds as if we're an old jock podcast we're just lifting constantly Dude, we're in towels we've just played a game of lacrosse also <laughs> technically, down. technically only one of us is a jock oh is this you riley patting yourself on the back no that's the slang for a scottish person oh, oh fuck off. That, somehow that's even worse yeah, yeah that's yeah <laughs> Wait, it's yeah. that's, is that that's a gender neutral slang for a Scottish person, right? I think yeah, so. Is, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, you're not, you're not cancelled for that. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, if, if you were going to get cancelled, it would be on your calendar app. <laughs> what we're saying though get is that everyone at 10 p.m. today. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <Every, laughs> oh, good time to retweet some. Time to retweet some Amy Therese. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, everyone who works at a tech company is an ultimate frisbee-ass playing motherfucker. That's all we're saying. So, with text message groups, you're automatically opting people into a thread they may not want to be a part of. So if one person says no, it may influence the response of others in the group and leave a trail of rejection in the text message inbox. Isn't this, this, to really this Toby sad. Young's friendship myth? <laughs> <laughs> this is an app specifically for Toby Young. This is like... This is the, the Venn diagram of the interests of Toby Young and the interests of tech bros is no one wants to hang out with me. 
Yeah. That and like an app that will help you organize your Heston Blumenthal lookalike appearances. Um, I've said this before about Toby Young and I'll say it again. Whenever like Toby Young is in the news and they go for a quote from one of Toby Young's friends, those people always go on record only to clarify that they're not friends with Toby Young. (laughs) So that's IRL. Uh, Clearly an idea someone came up with while on ayahuasca and then found out and sort of weirdly came to much later a kind of social enterprise justification on the basis of stopping teen suicide with a calendar. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess the thing I would say about dollars. it is that, like, the justification about it always winds up sounding like, the, the, we, we've talked about it so many times, but the, the Pete Buttigieg website, mm. Corporate Social Responsibility, Black Lives Matter, where it's just buzzwords thrown together. Because, I mean, I just don't understand how it's like, give, give teens an opportunity to see more things that they're apparently missing, you know, that keep them tied to their phones and also that they're missing out on. It's like, I'm sure that'll be great for everyone's mental health. But yeah. you know what do I know about it? I don't. No. I don't have. I don't. I don't have angel investors and billion dollar valuation. No, so. of course not. Of course, I not. just work in a basement making so, content. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, everyone, we'll see you all IRL. Yeah. Please don't seek us out. And if you see if you see me looking like a big dumbass, you're like, oh wow, that's me IRL. As we yeah, as we say at the IRL offices, feminism, entrepreneurship, get a milkshake with your godfather. <laughs> For so, our special Patreon episode, we will just read the address of the studio live. No, that's okay. New Patreon tier, a thousand dollars a month. Once it goes through, we will read the episode address of the studio live on an episode for that, and it will be an hour of us saying the address of the studio, <laughs> mm. just in different tones, in different voices, mm. in different languages. Yeah, you'll, um, you'll hear the return of Romanian Dutch Joker just reading the address <laughs> of the studio. Bam, don't read it. Don't do it. Do not do it. I can feel how much you want to read the just say the address of the studio in, in Dutch Armenian Joker or whatever. Do not do it. You know just how I got this we'll studio? Do it. We'll believe it. It's in Whitechapel. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So. Um, moving, moving, moving swiftly on from the from the um, hilariously tragic to the just plain tragic. Um, Zoe, a man named Glenn Williams uh, was just knighted uh, for his work at the Home Office, which is a matter of course for senior civil servants after they complete a certain tenure in their position. Can you tell me why that might be a little bit chafing, Sir yes. Glenn of Racism Shire? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I mean, like, it basically, Glynn took the full, it follows in a, a nice, like, tradition of uh, knighting civil servants after they take the fall for shitty policies. That, But he, I mean, like, he, he definitely did take the fall for something he did. He's basically uh, one of the architects of the hostile environment. So he is well, responsible. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It sounds so friendly. But it's even better when it has a compliant environment. Um, which is how no, that's how Javid has uh, it's the rebranded basement it. Again. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly where my mind went with that. Oh god, yeah. So this is where you will agree to do what we say. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so he basically uh, presided over uh, the rollout of the system that causes racial discrimination, that like ruins the lives of migrants in our communities, and also not just migrants, but you know anybody who um, appears to be, and I'm doing quotes there, not British. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we, we've seen, like, we have, like, reams of evidence about how these uh, policies, which basically turn doctors, landlords, employers into border guards, untrained border guards, um, which means that obviously they just, they just exclude people on the basis of color of skin, accent, name, sounding a bit foreign. Um, and uh, that's uh, basically been our approach to migration for, well, about a decade now. Um, the 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 most 
pernicious elements were brought in in 2012, but it's basically been the approach for, for a significant period of time, just making the world as shit as possible for people in the uh, completely fictitious uh, pursuit of them then leaving or disappearing or no longer being a problem. But of course, all it does is make lives miserable. When were the um, when were the vans, the go home or face arrest ones again? Sorry. Uh, the go home or face arrest ones, that was when uh, May was uh, still home sex. So that would have been, was that like 2011? Mm, so say. yeah, right, yeah. sort of before the peak of this stuff. Then I think it was a bit later than that. Actually, it might, it might have been. I mm. might be getting that wrong. But she it, was Home Secretary until David Cameron resigned, wasn't she? That's yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah, she took so over she, from until her, like yeah. 2016. Yeah. So no, maybe it was 2013. I think it was in the wake of like yeah, the 2012 mm. policies I, that brought in. I only mentioned because that's like in a relatively cosseted environment. I guess the only time when I noticed it was getting bad and being like, hmm, this is quite racist, isn't it? Yes. Well, so, also, it's, it's it's interesting to me because I hear you hearing these stories, and I don't know. I imagine it's not selectively enforced throughout the country, but I've had to deal with a lot of stuff with medical things in the, in the last couple of months, and I've never once been asked to per, to document just show ID, and you can hear my voice and know I'm not from this country, and yet it, it's never being you're never being asked. And I'm like, hm, I wonder why that is. Yeah, there's actually some really uh, interesting research by uh, Frank Duvel and somebody else whose name I can't remember, but it looks at the differentiated experiences of um, people who are undocumented. Um, by their nationality. So it compares like Afghans, Australians, Albanians, uh, Somalis. Anyway, and they're all here without papers, but the Australians like don't have any, uh, like they don't report any anxiety about being reported to uh, immigration enforcement. They don't sort of consider themselves as living under the radar or having any trouble really. And like, oddly enough, you know, the Somalis and the Afghans have one or two trouble, uh, like problems with that kind of uh, hostile environment. So yeah, it's even... The, this idea that it targets undocumented migrants isn't actually correct. It targets people that our society excludes, um, and 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 often on the basis of well, I mean, always on the basis of racism, basically. I don't need to get in a home office, man. I got the fucking you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you giving me a lift to, mate? This, this to might be skipping. Store? I've been. I got a fucking sausage. <laughs> this might right. be skipping to the end here, but um, I wanted to ask this: what? Aside from like uh, taking knives and letting the air out of immigration enforcement vans, parody, uh, could could an actual like normal human person do about any of this? Um, well, there's uh, there's groups like the Anti Raids Network that um, they not only uh, sort of have networks that provide information and spread information through text message and social media about like where raids are taking place, but they also like share leaflets and information about people's rights um, when it comes to being stopped by immigration enforcement, because obviously a lot of people, uh, when they get stopped, they think that, you know, they're fucked, but actually um, you don't, you don't have to stop and, and, and give any answers to immigration enforcement. You can just be like, no, actually I'm on my way here. And like, they, unless they have, you know, like some, uh, reason to suspect you of some uh immigration offense which obviously can't be your black and here um you, they have to let you what? go but people don't i know um, <laughs> you can only be black and there <laughs> the entire conservative party leadership race is who can come up closest to just saying that without actually saying it except yeah. boris johnson who will actually say well, it. did you see the excellent and, and Matt hancock late of this parish 
Oh, Someone damn. did an excellent own on the Sajid Javid video where he made that like trailer for President Sajid Javid where it was like it was all very like, you know, like imagine what a great it should have had like like uh you know extreme like Zadok the priest type music in the background, but sadly it didn't. There's this one where he was like my father came over to this country from Pakistan in 1971 with only one pound in his pocket. And someone else and I, Sajid Javid, will make sure that never happens again. <laughs> um, but also this, this, this kind of policy, this hostile environment, it's not unique to Britain. Um, not, only, in fact, it's, not only is it not unique to Britain or Europe, but essentially the entirety of, sort of the global north. I saw this really good infographic uh, called The Walled World. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with this, where it shows... All of the major, where essentially all of the nineteen of the world's most 20, 20 most livable cities are inside an area of the world that has extremely hard walls placed around it in terms of migration. So, like the yeah, sea and wall in like in Australia, concentric cir- circles yeah. as well, right? So the wall is not just around the city, but it's then around like the wider area around that city, and then going further and further out yeah you have more walls to cross so like yeah what we like um activists who are working on the hostile environment stuff what we argue is that this is about like putting borders into our community so the border is not just you know at the entrance onto the national territory the border is in our school it's in our hospital it's uh in you know when you're trying to rent a house and so on but actually it also goes the other way so the border is not just in our communities and at our national um border but it's also we we enact these borders around the world so we make these concentric circles of control where fewer and fewer people can get through and basically fewer and fewer people can escape uh well either like you know as as refugees fleeing persecution fleeing, fleeing war or just fleeing poverty fleeing worsening climactic conditions well yeah i mean that's that's the that's I the message from the future yeah <laughs> that is that is going to focus well one thing i remember is um in the states uh, federal law authorizes the border patrol to operate within i think 100 miles of the Under border 100 miles of the border yeah, yeah. Um, and so lately they've been boarding like uh, interstate buses and stuff yeah. anywhere within that 100 mile zone because the overwhelming majority of american cities are within 100 yeah. miles of the border and, and, yeah, and because the border it includes, just... includes maritime borders as well and exactly. so yeah and, and, and so it just gives them carte blanche to basically act like gestapo and harass people for their papers yeah so um, I, and even I though and that... even though they, they technically don't have the right to do that it's very rare people are willing to stand up to a bunch of yelling cops in fucking body armor well, exactly. who are demanding papers on a bus. And, <laughs> and, and, imagine and, Jeffrey Epstein going, you know, where there's no border patrol. <laughs> <laughs> International waters, baby. So what I want to talk about a little more is the way in which um, borders have been pushed out, especially like this, the, uh, in the way that the EU... Um, not that I'm making a Lexit argument, but in a way that EU border policy has been particularly atrocious. Yeah, um, and it's been particularly um, powerful. So this is like a process that's been taking place over the at least the last couple of decades of um, basically the EU as a whole and also its individual member states, um, very much including ourselves here in the UK, um, making multilateral and bilateral agreements uh, with... Um, totally asymmetric like power imbalances between uh the rich european state or states and uh you know the african or asian states um or south american actually where they're making agreements where basically we pay off um those states to prevent migration 
coming towards us because obviously the the assumption is always that all migration is coming towards us I and mean, we've all seen those little infographic maps illustrating any article about migration that just shows these arrows coming up through Africa right like and they're all coming towards us which totally negates the fact that like over half of migration that takes place in Africa is actually circular and regional but you know mm. fuck that it's all about us it's this Eurocentrism a lot of the arrows in the Gaviscon ads except they're not soothing <laughs> things they're making it worse <laughs> yeah yeah or like one of those drain blocker ads like they can come through anything <laughs> <laughs> look what it does to this old penny <laughs> <laughs> it's like say, say what you will about migration but they do have this wonderful habit of clearing up blocked hair in the drain <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so like um, we have, uh, well, actually, it's interesting that you say the Lexit thing with Brexit, like this isn't just an EU uh, phenomenon, or at least we've already decided that uh, much as, you know, hard Brexit, soft Brexit, leaving sickle market, leaving customs union, nobody cares about the fact that we are not going to leave the cartoon process. And the cartoon process is a firm through which uh, the EU and individual EU states and post-Brexit, the UK, will continue to uh, fund um, basically border control and detention facilities and su surveillance um, technologies in uh, the east of Africa, including uh, in countries like Sudan, which until recently obviously um, ruled by a dictator who was wanted by the International Criminal Court, right? currently not exactly in a brilliant state <laughs> of governance either. Um, so what we do is we directly pay for um, high-tech uh, surveillance equipment um, to build up borders to prevent people moving on from Sudan because obviously, again, yeah, the idea is if they're leaving Sudan, they must be coming into your backyard to steal your granny's, I don't know, remote control yeah. and turn on another TV station, Channel 4, like, yeah. like those lefties your, always They're going to make your granny watch Channel 4. They're going to replace your granny watch but no. <laughs> they're gonna take. They're gonna replace her Daily Mail with a Guardian. They're yeah. like all the refugees are gonna come into the UK, and then they're gonna make the boobs smaller in video games. Yeah, yeah. They're all gonna be in a niqab on Babe Station. Where would the fun be in that? <laughs> and so the solution is obviously to pay, you know, brutal dictatorships, where we know for a fact that you know dissidents are tortured and disappeared and detained and killed. Um, to contain and survey their populations. And also, obviously, like in the case of Sudan, you have a large proportion of uh, Eritrean refugees who uh, pass through Sudan on their journey towards, you know, escaping from, well... It's in North Eritrea. Korea of Africa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't want to use that, like, yeah. phrase, but, yeah, basically that's what, what it's known as. <laughs> that sounds a like a really bad tourist poster. The jewel like, of the Nile, the North Korea of Africa. <laughs> isn't there something to the effect of, like, men are subject to conscription for, like, 11 years in Eritrea? Like... Everybody's subject to conscription. Oh, um, wow. uh, yeah, literally well, the entire woke, population. Though. The only people that <laughs> um, aren't are uh, basically members of the prescribed religions. So, um, various sects, uh, sects, I don't know if that's the right word, various strands of Christianity and so on, which are banned. So, if you uh, belong to one of them, then you're not um, subject to forced conscription, but you are just, you know, locked up forever and tortured. So, you know, but uh, the, some people are into that. Quite reasonable. Quite reasonable to leave. But that forced conscription has it basically means that um, they, they don't pay um, those uh, their soldier their standing army force. It's uh, they don't they don't have food. So basically, you become part of a militia that has to either like loot villages um, in order to eat or you know starve. So it's basically been it, it's if you are fleeing forced conscription from Eritrea, any uh, Western country, if you manage to make an asylum claim there 
will uh, accept your claim and you will be recognized as a refugee. But so that we don't have to do that, we stop them coming. And how do we do mm-hmm. that? Well, we lock them up in their countries of origin or their countries of transit. You, you know what I think this sort of reminds me of? You know, like when, when Syria sort of became sort of more fucked, um, <laughs> the American- yeah, yeah, the American and if British. You look at this graph. The American and British response was to pile up a whole bunch of guns and high tech equipment and just give it to whoever. They just gave it away. And doing this in um, guys, it worked in Iraq and Afghanistan. Why not do it in Syria? <laughs> and 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 they just, so they just armed sort of everyone to try and make the conflict go away using the good guy with a gun logic. Um, try to make it more like America by arming everyone. Um, mm. And so it seems like what the EU is doing with the cartoon process is doing that, but instead of giving away a bunch of weapons, is basically giving away a bunch of surveillance state technology to just whoever can put on a convincing government costume. Exactly, yeah. And they fund like you know, border p- patrols on, on the borders between African states. They fund detention facilities. I mean, I say they, it's us. We fund that. And um, and then obviously because what you're doing is funding um, very unstable regimes, then situation like what's happening now in Sudan happens. Um, you know, there's a democratic movement for change, and uh, the government is unstable. And what you are then it moves on from it being like sort of basically funding militias to literally just funding militias, which is also what we do now in Libya. So we used to have um, cooperation agreements with Gaddafi. Now we have. Um, you know, EU funds just going directly into the hands of whoever happens to be holding the most guns and claim to be the legitimate government in Libya. But we know, obviously, for a fact, you know, the slave market's going on there. There's uh, rampant torture. There's, you know, but that doesn't matter because they don't have, while while these border policies spread, the rights regime does not follow. So you only have any rights whatsoever. And obviously, those are far too limited but when you're on the territory of of uh, one of our states and in the meantime we'll do anything to stop you from getting here and i think within the context of brexit and with the co- within the context of when we talk about migration controls it's it's something that's so often overlooked because it's also fundamentally working against progress globally in terms of like what could be um achieved to bring about greater equality. So like if you look at the African Union or just like the economic community of West African states or uh, there's at least 30 of these basically regional groupings of countries in the world that have on paper the desire to move towards a border-free free movement area similar to the EU one, right? But what we do is say, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. That would be really good for your economies. That would be great for like the rights of your citizens. That would be fantastic. But also, we're going to pay for border control between your two countries because that makes total sense. Mm. So it's actively harming the possibility of mm. improving the situation in those regions so that it, it causes more people to need to flee and then it tries to stop more of them and it's, it's just a vicious circle. And I think with this, this is also something we can't forget, which is that this, and when I say worse, I don't mean movements of people across the world are bad, but rather that under this particular regime where movement across the world is clamped down on the more it occurs, it's going to get worse before it gets better because... um, The response will be less. Well, it's additionally that, but also one of the main responses we seem to be having to understanding climate change is ecofascism. So the 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 more we realize that most of the world is become... with way less of a carbon footprint. 
Kind of. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like, I mean, do you love the Do you love the great taste of fascism, but you hate how what it does to your waistline? Well, oh boy, I, I, mean, I, I, was about, for you. I was thinking about this, Riley, the extent to which, for example, the offshore detention facilities in Australia have become so normalized. Like, they're not really a subject of debate between political parties. Because they they have just become normalized, and that 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 same thing you saw take place, you know, in 2015 when they decided, if I remember correctly, and please correct me if I'm wrong on this, that they did the similar amount of funding for Turkey to stop migrants coming out of Syria, Iraq, uh, who were otherwise crossing into into Turkey and then into the EU. Um, basically, they're like, as long as they can't, they don't touch the EU, we don't have to have a problem. It's not our problem anymore. And so that that was kind of like a bipartisan consensus, if you want to call it that. And the more that becomes normal, the more the outliers are people who are willing to even argue against this. And if, if it's if it's enough for Australia to become a country where they're like, oh, yeah, we just have offshore prisons. And in literally, a, we refused settlement to a guy who then went on to like, I, I, I don't like this argument, but there's a guy who literally won a Fulbright scholarship to study in Columbia University from New Zealand. He When he was seven years old, he was settled in New Zealand because Australia refused to accept him. And it's like, because they just refused to accept some people from Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're going to come for your fucking truck. <laughs> <laughs> they're after me, you. I mean, the Taliban, right. they, lo- they love to- Toyotas. They, They'll fucking take they them all. They love Toyotas, but they'd never eat a sausage in bread. That's how they get you. Yeah, suddenly, they're all the ones down Bunnings with the Utes, and they won't make the sausages. I've asked them. They won't do it. I mean, so, uh, when... When next Australian election cycle, I predict that uh, Fraser Anning 2.0, whoever he is, will come off, will come up with a campaign slogan, rack off refugees. <laughs> no, I, I think there is like, I know, I understand what you mean, like the argument that like, you know, some refugees are exceptionally great people and therefore, you know, they, they should somehow be exceptionalized and they should have been let in is problematic. But there is an argument here about how this system doesn't work, like even on its own logic. So um, that, that it's agreement. It's always best and brightest, right? They're all, they always say, no, the best and brightest, the yeah, best and brightest, but the best it's, and brightest. It's not like yeah, yeah. When, when you're like blocking everybody. So like with the Turkey agreement, the EU-Turkey uh, agreement, it, that you mentioned like okay so that was um put into practice in i think january or february of 2016 right and it was um off the back of a six billion euro payout, right? That's just one of several, but like specifically for that agreement, right? It was a six billion euro payout from the EU to Turkey um, in order for them to basically enact a deal whereby um, if anybody arrived in Greece from Turkey who was Syrian, they could be sent back to Turkey. And then another person who was Syrian in Turkey, but hadn't tried to make it to Greece would be resettled to the EU. And we just had some fun stats come out about that. So we don't actually know how many people have been resettled because because they're a bit cagey about that. But like to this thing that it doesn't work on its own terms, like just take a guess, 6 billion euros, uh, start of 2016, so so three and a half years ago, that was implemented. How many uh, Syrians do you think have been returned to Turkey from Greece? It's either really low or really high. Okay, it's really low, so... Just guess how low. Okay, Come okay, on. Okay, I'm gonna okay. guess under five hundred. Yeah. I'm gonna under five hundred? Under 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 three hundred. Under three hundred. <laughs> Try lower. Try thirty six. <laughs> Oh wow! Thirty six people. Damn, what did those guys do? How many calendar startups could we have funded with that money? I know, and it's just like honestly, like the ultimate like catchphrase for like European or Western. Actually, we should say uh, border control is like it's terrible and it doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) It's just it's it's like what if the IRL app like caused us like we can all agree the IRL app is terrible. It's very stupid. What if it failed in its stated terrible and stupid mission to reduce depression by giving people a calendar? by somehow causing a spike in depression. Yeah, no, literally, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's one thing I think to remember, and this is bringing it back sort of home. 
where I, 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 if you are, if you're voting for a tough on immigration party because it promises to lower your taxes, um, a, it's st- all of these programs are more expensive, so it's not like they're saving money or whatever. But that doesn't even fucking matter because this is basically a human rights issue. And what you're essentially saying is, if you reduce my taxes by four thousand pounds, I'm okay with open air slave markets. And it's been so so obvious in the media for so so long that if you claim to not know about it, then you're either too dumb to be engaging in the franchise. Not that I'm advocating IQ testing, but you know. In this case, maybe we can disenfranchise these people. But maybe sterilization. People. I mean, you know. <laughs> this, is, there is, this is a bipartisan consensus, right? Like, exactly. The, the yeah, absolute the, boy, yeah. Jezza Corbyn, is, uh, you know, a big fan of real border security, whatever that means, and hiring exactly. more border and guards. I haven't heard any Labour folks, you know, commenting on what their take is on this this element of the fact that we're going to well, stay party to these processes. This is it. This is, it's just us. The, we leave the EU. It's like, you know, nobody's saying this. Like, And also at JCWI, where I where I work like you know we are actually writing these briefings and sending them to Labour MPs and they are just shutting the fuck up on it you know we're not getting them right Mm -hmm. back and say oh this is an outrage and we as the Labour Party if you elect us we wouldn't do this we're not getting that either so actually this is exactly uh, as we were saying before this has actually become like in Australia where like there wasn't a good option on 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 this stuff at all there wasn't yeah, an option there wasn't a a candidate who was re- realistically had a prospect of winning who was standing against the offshore detention stuff like there is nobody who's even talking about this and then creates a huge democratic deficit i mean like leave or remain it, it, that's like not the point if you don't know what we're leaving and what we're remaining and people aren't paying attention and this is like our money and it's it's directly like fueling the actual worst shit in the world like mm. i mean i really think that our, our collaboration with with libya and sending people back there um and sudan it is literally the worst thing of all the things we do and it gets zero coverage zero attention zero of the you know even the better labor people like standing up and saying this is a fucking outrage but it really is it's absolutely unconscionable bullshit um, and we and we don't know about it. We don't hear about it. Like I've I've been like online. I mean, I think the reason why you invited me on today was because I was literally online begging any journalist, please fucking look at the Sudan uprisings and ask what it means for the cartoon fucking process. And nobody is doing it because they don't know what it is. They don't give a fuck what it is. Nobody gives a fuck what it is as long as we're either taking back control or marching for change or some bullshit that means nothing. Sorry, that was a rant. Mm. No, it's, <laughs> right. it's, 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 it's a real hypocrisy in Corbynism that it's able to articulate a lot of the, in many ways, evils of the EU um, and account for Brexit in that way. And then as soon as it gets to this highly racialized thing of, well, we'll just do torture, we'll just do camps, we'll just do whatever to stop migrants coming over the Mediterranean, mm. just silence. Absolutely. Yeah. You put a nail on the head. And like, you know, even where it's where it's easier and where it's stuff that people do know about. You know, you have Diana Abbott making a speech that says, Oh, we're gonna close down two detention centers. And like you have people who, who are desperate shit. for like, mm-hmm. you know, like a little crumb to be sent to them being like, Yeah, look, you know, anti hostile environment. What about the other fucking eight detention centers? Like it, it, a Corbyn government, if it's gonna be radical, if it's gonna present itself as like a, a different approach to this, then it has to talk about ending detention mm. entirely. And it has to to talk about ending these processes that fuel the inequality around the world. I mean, Corbyn's major area of like what he cares about is foreign policy, but he never talks about our migration foreign policy. And it is embedded in every single 
like foreign um, agreement that we make. There is a, a migration control clause in every single agreement that we make with foreign countries now. I mean, we, the only way that we see it is when we hear about like, oh, for a trade deal with India, we're going to have to give them visas. Like, what about the fact that, you know, in order to maintain our gross inequality, like hang on to, uh, cling on to our stupid capitalist gains. What we're doing here is knighting the architects of the hostile environment and just literally paying the architects of genocide in Darfur to <laughs> enclose their own people. Well, but like but only- for, for, from a left perspective, I, I've already called it hypocritical, but for Corbyn I, as well, I think it's, it's so staggeringly unambitious is this yeah. idea that you can, with anything else with nationalization say that you can have this policy program and you can inspire people and you can drive people leftwards you mm. can't do that on immigration because it's just so embedded in labor right now from exactly. new labor yeah i'd also say i really i really took Zoe, your point about saying it's like it's we doing this rather than saying it's the eu doing this because again the lexic camp are so deluded into thinking that if we left the eu we would stop doing any of this shit Absolutely. like the uk is always at the forefront of going at, the, at every eu meeting being like can we do the more of the right wing mm-hmm. stuff like we hate yeah, all we, of the socialism the that you EU try and this do. way yeah, 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 and like then the only argument they have it. in defense of that is like, oh, well, yeah, but under a Corbyn government, we wouldn't. But I don't see any evidence that we wouldn't. I, don't, I haven't seen Corbyn say, well, actually, under my Labour Brexit alternative better deal, if, you know, so-called if there's going to be one or whatever, then we wouldn't be a party to the cartoon process. I haven't heard him say that. So where's your evidence? Jeremy, Corbyn, do better. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in the meantime, also like, you know, like. Tories out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, th- yeah. That's like that. That's yeah. kind well, of a given here. And you can all agree on that, but yeah. also. Yeah, but thing thing said can, demand better. Demand better. Yeah. Like, I think that's fair enough. Well, thing and, and to I, say. Just, I just to say this really quickly, and I know you want to move, move on, Riley. It's just, it is the idea that you would be willing to, you're, you're willing to make the leap towards engaging people on, you know, not uh, or like rejecting imperialism, rejecting pro-war stances for foreign policy, rejecting neoliberal economics, getting down and talking to people and trying to convince them, you know, about things like insourcing and and, uh, collective ownership in communities. But then you're like, but they're just too inherently racist. We can't talk about immigration. It's like, yeah, we'll lose. We'll lose the working class if we're anti-racist, but we can convince them about socialist economics. Oh, yeah. No confidence. If if you spend any time on Twitter dunking on Paul Embry or like Uh. Maurice Glassman or whatever, but you also don't think this, then you're basically, you're just a clout shark. Also, um, Paul Embry got fake fired. You're, you're fake LA bitch. But also, we should note that um, there are, there not only are, are, are uh, migrants the ones being arrested, but Pia Clamp, the German ship captain, has been arrested and is being threatened with 20 years in prison in, in uh, I believe, Italy uh, for, uh, for rescuing drowning migrants at sea. Same thing with, there was a man in the Southeastern United States who was arrested by ice for leaving out water for people who otherwise have died. And then there was a firefighter. Fucking scum. Leaving out water. starkly moral, isn't it? Like, yeah. Also, how is that, under what law? uh, They literally said he's an accessory to to immigration violations. Basically, it's, you're, you're a trafficker because trafficking, like, I mean, Schindler was a fucking trafficker, right? Like, Traf- and well, then he made all I- those lifts. <laughs> <laughs> they should have called it Schindler's lift, am I right? No way. <laughs> Schindler lifts That's when so he was making poor. the gains. That's so poor, guys. <laughs> Schindler <laughs> just got ripped ass. I don't okay, know so, why, so I don't sorry, know, if you, if you leave and I hang me. up at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that gets me. Um, right, but and then, or, and it's Spanish firefighter. 
uh, Miguel Roldan was arrested on exactly this law, aiding human trafficking and illegal immigration for, again, saving some people from drowning and faces life in prison. So if you want to know where our, our society's priorities are, look who's being knighted and look who's being arrested. Well, really quickly, I think it's also important to note that human trafficking laws uh, are always like a gigantic thing against sex workers, um, yep. which mm-hmm. is obviously a facet of migration in and of itself, but it's just so often used for things that are cartoonishly evil like this. Yeah. Well, human, human trafficking you... laws basically exist to advance the agenda of, um, of of Daily Mail news of Daily Mail readers. They're more or less flexible to fit into whatever but, you want. They, but what's people, incredible people is like how taken. people swallow it. Like I saw, um, I can't remember the name of it, him, a journalist the other day who was tweeting, "Well, like say what you want about me, but she has a wonderful legacy on combating modern slavery." And it's like the, her every single policy she ever enacted that would have impacted victims of slavery pushed them further underground push them further into situations of exploitation and criminalize them for being migrants, but they weren't migrants if they were trafficked. I mean, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's such a long legacy of like all the way back to like quote unquote white slavery and things like yes. that. But like even just the fucking Taken movies, just the okay. idea that a bunch of, yeah. of swarthy Southern Europeans in leather jackets are going to come and traffic very, you across the border somewhere. Very cool. Look, at I, the end of the day, it goes all the way back to when the Irish built the pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I, I was going to make, to close out this section, I was going to make this one point. I challenge listeners to find, ever since Britain figured out how to build sort of ocean-going ships, can you find a 25 consecutive year period in which we weren't fucking with slavery? Can you find it one single consecutive 25-year period in which the British state was not directly engaged in, hosting the, tra- hosting the uh, beneficiaries of, or otherwise facilitating the buying and selling of people. I think that's a very Europe's, difficult 25 years to find. Europe's against human trafficking because if you keep them in your basement, you're not trafficking them anywhere. <laughs> it's just storage at that point. It like, has I, a lower carbon footprint because you're, <laughs> you're using locally sourced children. I, uh, I read an article, uh, I think it was today in The Guardian, about it was sort of a summary of the, of the Windrush scandal, but talking about how changes to immigration policy in the United Kingdom and basically the, the advent of the Windrush generation, the fact that that was all done by organizations recruiting in the Caribbean. It wasn't the, go- the UK government you know, policy to do that. That Everything about the way the UK has tailored its immigration system has been wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We want to keep black people out, but we're fine with white people from the Commonwealth. And it's just been this charade. And the more you dig into the historical record, the more you see how obvious it is. And it's just, to me, I think the thing that's so unconscionable about this is that you cannot make the claim that there's this sort of, there's this benign ignorance on the part of these same people making these decisions today. They know they're putting people back into slave camps. They know they're putting people back into situations where they might literally now face even worse conditions because they've been deported from Europe. And so it's like the idea that this is, this is just happenstance because we didn't know these were going to be the consequences of the laws we passed. Like you just, I don't buy it. And the sad thing is at some point you made, Zoe, it's just that that's not a solely Tory position. No. Well, that's depressing. We need a Matt Hancock oh. government. <laughs> we, mm. we, he wouldn't deport black people because he believes that Stormzy is a talented rap singer. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, no, direct action Matt Hancock. Electoralism will not bring us the Matt Hancock that we need. However, at the risk of not wanting to end this episode with everyone really bummed out, um, I've, I, I'm going to do a reading before we close out. Is oh, everyone, it's so good. Is everyone okay with, re- with this reading? I am bursting with delight. It's possibly <laughs> one of the greatest articles ever written. Like, hmm. the pen was created for this. Like, when the first man <laughs> fashioned a bird's feather into a quill, he didn't know it, but he was doing it so that this article could eventually be written. <laughs> uh, and this, hold on, uh, 
Just I actually, cracking I w- every knuckle in sequence. <laughs> <laughs> cracking all the knuckles in my dick. This is by... Uh, <laughs> good gracious, my... Good gracious. You blow your father with that mouth. <laughs> Getting a dick sucked. Well, I'm to tell you my dick is a snake. <laughs> Getting your father's dick sucked.com. De- Getting your father's dick sucked.milo. Um, this is an article in the Times, shocker, uh, by Claire Foge. Foges? F O G E S. Pronounce it yourself. Fudge? It's entitled. Claire Fudge. It's entitled. Fugaz. It's entitled, Rory is right. It's time for a new national service. Bah, bah, you know, bah, bah, bah. Of, of all the shitty like ITV mid two thousands game shows, I thought British fascism would be based on. I didn't think it would be Bad Lads Army. <laughs> <laughs> Rory Stewart, she begins the article as refreshing as a fire hydrant pumping out gallons of icy cold menthol flavored water under a burning Sahara sun. Thank you um, for that. Why is there a fire hydrant in the middle of Sahara? Like, yeah. You've already started so high. How can you get any better? Like, Who's ever had menthol flavored water? Yeah. Why menthol? Why, why in the Sahara? Why everything? Why? Because <laughs> well, is- it's a water cannon keeping migrants back. <laughs> Are you getting bust? No, but you're not allowed to give them water, damn it. <laughs> Only if it's being shot at their face at an extremely high pressure. <laughs> it would be very like water. the EU to just fund that in the Sahara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just giving like 500,000 euro- to a million euros to like just some guy with a gun saying, build build us a t- water cannon in the Sahara. Take as much money as you need. The we do water cannons are fed by a very clever series of dikes. <laughs> Here is a politician, she goes on, who credits us with our intelligence, who answers questions not with sound bites, but thoughtful mini essays. Nerd. He's a fucking nerd. <laughs> He's a Dumbledore's army ass motherfucker. He, literally, he thinks the solution to everything is going like, well, we're going to have our own parliament and if you you can't come in, we're going to start our own treehouse. Well, I mean, do you hear his plan to sort Brexit is we're just going to call 50,000 people on the phone and have them sort Brexit as in volunteer shifts and it's yeah. just like, do you know oh, who God. answers the phone in this country? The whole people's <laughs> assembly idea Wonderful. is like so undemocratic, it's bullshit. Um, who eschews jargon and sophistry. Uh, yeah, instead he just decides on some kind of insane phone bank exercise to put policy to some of the people. I love Rory I, Pasha. I really do. <laughs> I mean, I like. The, I, I'm pretty sure that the like this is some, a serious smackhead idea, though. When you think about it, like, what if we just made parody, everyone get together? <laughs> no, he's no. It's not. He can't sue me. He's done smack. <laughs> well, he smoked no opium in Iran. I think it's slightly yeah. different. No I one mean. on. Yeah, but you can still describe it as a smackhead idea. Except you'd be wrong because no smackhead would come up with something that requires this much effort. Like, <laughs> smackheads would be like, uh, why don't you just make everyone take a big bath together? Like that would be a smackhead idea. This is a like cocaine and PCP idea. <laughs> well, you actually know it. what was in that pipe in Iran. I mean, <laughs> this all is things benzos considered. and ayahuasca. He, he idea. actually got this idea from a twelve-year-old dancing boy. <laughs> Parody. (laughs) Sound the parody horn. (laughs) The the anti-libel parody horn. (laughs) In one of his social media salvos, Stewart announced that if he were to become prime minister, he would introduce compulsory compulsory national service for every 16-year-old. Cue horror. Compulsion? Service? Marching jackboots? Even though Stewart made clear this would not be military service, the Twitter hordes were nonetheless up in arms. Yeah, it's nerd service. Nerd it's, service. National, it's national dork service. <laughs> you have going to, to do dictionary a, class. You have to do a year as a wonk. <laughs> 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 um, also, like, we're, the, which one is of the only things- one letter different from what most sixteen-year-olds are doing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, won't <laughs> get my state-issued lanyard. 
Um, so this is one other thing I'd like to point out about this article. It hits every single right wing culture war trope. We've already got a, a, a weird physics thing up at the front. Have uh, we got, got have we got Twitter, too many genders? We've got the Twitter hordes up in arms. It kind of does border on that at some point. Oh good. Um <laughs> okay. I, I think it does. I mean it, it she does she hits most of them. I I don't know if she hits too many genders. I think she brushes up against Ladies it. Ladies and gentlemen, get your bingo cards ready. <laughs> you no, actually, prepare a bingo card and enjoy this. Um I know that it is a proposal fetishized by a certain kind of person. The kind who thinks life was better when teachers would wield the cane when men were men and women wore skirts. Yes, that's true. You could stop there. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> that is exactly the kind of person it's fetishized by because that's exactly the kind of project that it is, you yeah, fucking most moron. most of your coworkers. Yeah. And so this is if that next right wing article bingo card where you say the thing that it is and that is true, yes, this is a proposal fetishized by those people. But then you say, but actually, this true thing is not true. Yeah. Yet strip national service down to its bones, and what is it but a collective endeavor for all young people, a mixing of tribes, a rite of passage into deeper patriotism. What? what? Sorry, I doing... can't listen to you say these things. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, I'm, I'm looking... so glad we're instituting the young pioneers again. Oh my yeah. god, no, but like there's also school. I mean, like, you know, like, let's chill out. Oh, oh she god. Oh, she oh, gets into that. She gets, oh, does she? Mm. All right. Oh. It's, it's, yeah, no, it's we are, a, but they're teaching them to be gay in school these studies. days. It is what Alice was saying, though. It's Soviet Britain. It's like we want to yeah. bring, we want to make Britain the Soviet Union, while somehow also the Soviet Union being the worst thing we can imagine. <laughs> we want to institute compulsory military service because then that really helps with our, like, class system because, of course, no rich people will ever do it, just like in modern Russia. And in many ways, like, the most Russian thing about Russia military service is that like is the act of not doing it because <laughs> like it forces you to be on the run from the state until you're 27 finding out but so the state can always jail you until you're 27 for not doing your military service you know what? I that got is it. the thing it's control they're doing it so that they can stop granting status to refugees from Eritrea because they can be like what military service we got it here too Oh no. no, this no. is so diabolical. <laughs> Rory, what did you come up with? Oh we my end god. Up with, like, Wasn't that like how, Rory? Mm-hmm. Like how like the Roman emperors had their like armies of oh, like we get to Gaul. that as well. Like the Roman emperors oh, had their like armies of like Gauls and Bithynians. Like Britain just has a huge standing army of Eritreans <laughs> with like scythes. Would That's not the be thing. the first time. <laughs> she says she says a mixing of tribes. As though, like, does she think that the punks and the so- and the socias and the rockers all have to get? Is, is she that trapped in the sixties? Oh, she thinks it's the Breakfast Club. Like they're oh, all going to yeah. get together, and it's going to be like, look, the nerds, the goths, the jocks, the trench coat people. We can all get along in the army. <laughs> <laughs> and this, and this, in these rancorous, anxious times, is exactly what our country needs. National anxious service time. famous for not having very much rancor. <laughs> Damn, I am forced to I'm forced to take off my dungarees and put on a military uniform as I just whimper. <laughs> I guess the thing that gets me about this too is just like we, we talked about this before the show started, but if they ended national service relatively early versus other European countries, like there's basically nobody under the age of seventy-five who did national service. Who the fuck is this for? Rory Stewart didn't do national service. He wasn't drafted. He yeah. volunteered to join the British Army, but like he wasn't he drafted. This is why boomers and then became are the worst generation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because the the boomers like they they came into this relatively structured well ordered society, destroyed it, and now they're just and now they're looking at everyone who's under the age of thirty five yeah. and being like ah they're looking at their phones their genders are changing yeah, a lot they didn't fight the war like we did <laughs> they're, yeah. they're being to- they're being told it's okay to be we need to we need to make them march Look, we need to start getting yeah. them to march that is, so they that stop is the most boomer thing is insisting that you fought in World War Two when you were born exactly. in like nineteen forty eight. 
I may not have fought in World War veterans who are all yeah. 65. Yeah. I may not have fought in World War II, but I had to hear about it a lot as a child, which in many ways is the same thing. <laughs> well, as we've always said on this show, there's a certain demographic in Britain that just wants their dad to love them as much as they he loved Churchill. And so however you go about doing that, it doesn't matter. You can be as racist as you want, but you've got to make that happen. Otherwise... It's all for nothing. I love my, that goddamn insurance dog so much. <laughs> my theory, my theory is that the boomer generation is desperate for parents and that their parents have died. And so without any parents, they're trying to make us into their parents. Hmm. What? Yeah, they're trying to they're trying We're to be the greatest generation, but yeah, again. They're trying they're trying to turn us into the greatest generation too because they they the West generation. they're realizing that they have just like they relied on their parents, they have to rely on us. And so they're trying they're basically saying, "Oh no, I, this is quickly becoming so, the most so, confusing so, Pornhub video of all time. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is that baby boomers are going, so basically, I'm baby. Well, if, yeah. <laughs> if you think of, because if you think about it, one of their things they always say is, oh, this generation, the, the younger generation is so prudish. They don't let me say the N-word in my kid's school anymore. And that's just what they said about their parents. I'm they're baby so psych- They're so psychotically individualist. They're also like, well, the thing that made our society better was an enormous war that killed 100 million people. So we're going to do that so this new generation can toughen up. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that was literally that was literally my favorite thing was all the people being like, oh, the 18 year olds today with their with their soy milk lattes and their too many genders. 18 year olds in 1944 were running onto beaches in Normandy. And then, but it's like, first of all, they weren't doing that of their own free will. Can we just <laughs> exactly. That's exactly why it has to be compulsory. They were very much made to do that. And second of all, like they said, one of the things they said was like facing certain death. And it's like, you know, like 95% of people who are D-Day survived, right? Like, well, <laughs> it wasn't like they all died. <laughs> like, so the Cameron administration shied away from making national service compulsory, even though it kept a voluntary one, for fear it would alienate young people. Did anyone do the voluntary one? Because what kind of nerds. fucking nerd? Nerds, they're trying to turn us all into nerds. Like, man, I guess I would hate it if we alienated young people by Job forcibly podcast. conscripting them into the military. Like, <laughs> no, 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 the military, the, wonk, the one-year wonk patrol. Exactly. So, so yeah. you, you, wear, you wear slightly less threatening-looking uniforms, and instead of doing, like, compass navigation, you just, I don't know, clean old people's gutters? I have no idea. No, no, I think you, you, you write white papers. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, the idea that the Cameron administration was in any way worried about alienating young people. It's, like, insane. <laughs> like, literally, the first thing they did was fucking raise university they had no concerns. So, um, th- but here is the, here is the real the real meat of this sentence: um, shying away from compulsory national service, turning national service into a chore rather than a pleasure. What? But that's mm. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Claire, it Claire- is a chore. That's literally it's explicitly a chore. <laughs> it's Otherwise, service. it wouldn't be compulsory. If it was so good, you'd yeah. just make it. It would be like putting free cocaine out. People would just take it. You wouldn't have to be like. Service is just a ki- <laughs> that's just a kink. Yeah. It wouldn't be like this guy in a uniform is going to watch you do the cocaine. You don't have to do that in Britain. People just do it. <laughs> but Some guy national- in a uniform has to watch you do the cocaine as like Argentina in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of Max Mosley's parties. <laughs> but for national service to be transformative, it must be a rite of passage for all. It must be universal. Those hyperventilating that this would be a form of modern slavery seem to forget that we compel young people to attend school for the good oh. of themselves and the nation. Owned. Owned. Yeah. The libs are owned. My, My brain God. expands to fill all the available space <laughs> in the universe. Yeah, you go to school to improve yourself so why not spend two years cleaning gutters so that you can, I don't know, be friends with other people? It's like young, young people are too alienated. They need to spend the t- two years of their extremely uh, early on in their life digging ditches somewhere outside of fucking major cities because apparently that's going to be character building. 
Yeah, yeah look, every okay. look, everything that builds character is fucking shit, and we should do away with character entirely. Mm. Also, boomers are obsessed with building character that they don't have. It's like, oh yeah, you should all do military service to learn about hardship and stuff. And it's like, first of all, none of you did military service, and second of all, none of you ever learned anything about hardship because you like lived in that you grew up in the best era to grow up in Britain when like housing was like basically free. Like there were like millions of jobs. Like public sector investment was like literally, like literally, you lived through the best period in the history of humanity and now you're like bitching about young people having a shittier time than you and you're trying to make them have an even shittier time than you because your dad fought in a war and for some reason that's the same reason as you doing it somehow <laughs> fuck off you fucking <laughs> you fucking landlord fucks you own everything and you're refusing to share it and you're like well young people if you're so sad about it why don't you learn to you know be in the army <laughs> I've never done it, but I assume it would help. To be fair, to be fair, our generation probably aren't very good at digging ditches, and that is a valuable skills base. Yeah. What I'm saying is, our generation too much about digging bitches. Mm. Not enough about digging ditches, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm very much about that. Um, So, the other thing is, like... We do already sort of have a class, a a very class based, but now increasingly financialized form of national service, which is just where people go to make friends they wouldn't have gone to school with outside their ordinary geographical and social groups. It's called university. It's called the the dick sucking factory. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and that's, but that's just it, right? Like, this is what this is basically what university does. It's just ludicrously out of reach. We could basic we could achieve all of these aims without forcing young people to dig ditches if we just made university free again. Yeah, but then we'd have to make it mandatory. You do <laughs> national service uh, Oxford degree. <laughs> yes, please. I, I guess also too it's like if there's if there's things that are character building that might be let's say jobs that are needed in rural remote parts of the country, why don't they just pay people wages to do it and like i don't know no, train them no Nate, like, that's a good idea but that wouldn't be character building i, I mean i don't know man it's just like ah <laughs> uh, we need a new roof on the sheep no. brothel it's like <laughs> <laughs> but there's no young people around to climb the ladders <laughs> that's, that's that's the thing right like <laughs> if yeah. only rory stewart were prime minister he'd sort it anytime out. anyone's telling you to do something that builds character key bono because they're saving money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my thought is too is that invariably this being Britain, if they did something like this, it would just be like it would it would feed into some kind of profit model for someone so that they were getting the free labor of young people. Oh, absolutely! Like national service would just be out outsourced to G four S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I'm from an insane country, but we haven't yet privatized military recruitment, which the UK has. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I yeah. just I cannot imagine this would be the one exception to be like, oh no, we'll definitely make this benefit the state. When, like, like Milo said, every every council in Britain is basically obligated to sell off all its assets and pennies on I the love dollar. The year well, of slave labor I do to make uh, like fucking tear gas cruise missiles to fire at the Sudan. Just, so, just bringing in, Corvey back. You have to fact, build the pyramids for one year out of every five. In fact, in fact, uh, Nate kind of hinted at where the next paragraph. Yes, it would cost a significant amount. President Macron's plan to revive universal national service in France has an estimated price tag of over a billion euros. But imagine the gains. Getting uh, yoked. You have to imagine them. <laughs> you, you literally you will, have to you imagine will get, them. You will get yoked carrying railroad ties in the step or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> the, the most <laughs> they were doing it in Siberia for yeah. some reason. <laughs> the, the most Cor- compelling- Corvée is French for side hustle. 
<laughs> the most compelling argument is that this would be a way of mixing our woefully segregated country on class, income, culture, and race lines. We tend to stick to our own. Because I'm sure rich people would do this. Yeah, Again. there's never been like a history of a buyout for this for rich people in other countries that have national service. Never. When is the no. deck ever shuffled? Our tribes live apart, holiday apart, and socialize apart. It's Fair almost as if the deck is in some way stacked. <laughs> which all you and all your friends fucking love. You would yeah. hate it if all the like people who clean your toilets showed up at your villa in the south of France, wouldn't you, you bunch of d- fucking d- ah, supine cunts? Like, honestly. <laughs> That's the other thing, though. We say, oh, no, councils have to be ru- government and councils have to be run like a business. We have to make sure that we are selling off council houses at 1% of their value to real estate developers because that's how a sensible business runs. Also, we're going to spend a billion, like a billion pounds or whatever on this thing where we just have to imagine the gains. <laughs> it makes you kind of think it's just all about control, doesn't it? Hmm. <sighs> but we will get a lot of ditches out of it and a new roof for the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> that, that West Country pirate will be very happy. <laughs> Shared public spaces, she goes on, are dying out. Again, couldn't be because they've all been privatized. Not shared, at all. Shared public spaces such as the barracks. <laughs> the barracks and the sheep brothel. What does she think a shared public space is? The London Eye? Oh yeah. my god! Uh, it literally these people beg a belief. Like honestly, I don't know how you can sit down at like a, a word processor, right, and spend you know one or two hours right writing this like absolute fucking drivel, and sit there and think, yeah, I'll submit that to the newspaper, to like, the Times, and get paid probably a shit ton, yeah. and like mm. like. Uh, it beggars like belief, you're writing, it? you're writing in the British paper of record, and your take is maybe we should make takes. kids join the army because we already make them go to school. <laughs> and you're like, oh, just t- tapping away at my keyboard, going, "No one's thought of this fucking shit." I'm this generation's Emmanuel fucking Kant. <laughs> in an ideal world, our education system would act as a great melting pot, but private schools, faith schools, and eye-watering house prices in sought-after catchment areas score divisions more deeply. Cool, to- abolish private schools. Abolish private schools. Like, what the fuck? How could that solution be not to abolish private schools? Abolish private schools, rent control, uh, abolish all faith schools. Yeah. Done. Tax the rich, abolish, eat the rich. Abolish you, know? you and your friends. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, all these all these people who keep like sending their kids to private school and moving into like expensive catchment areas. <laughs> I don't know who they are. Oh, it's you <laughs> and all your friends! <laughs> <laughs> Children attending independent schools are more likely to speak Mandarin than mix with anyone on free school meals. Yeah, because they speak to your fucking maid. <laughs> <laughs> rich and poor, urban and rural, Muslim and Christian and Jewish and atheist, never the twain do meet. No, no Jews ever met an atheist. Because if they do, erected all of these your walls kids to prevent beating up that. refugees and filming it for fucking Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, subscribe so, to my private Snapchat. So what we need to do is force them to dig ditches in Cumbria. This is like the most amazingly shit article I've I mean, ever heard. Look, like, we haven't talked about thinking too for a while. I want to. We haven't talked about it for a while. This is a perfect thing. This is this is thinking too, where our society is incredibly unequal. Better make everyone join the army. Yeah, this is like I almost feel like there's a group of guys sitting around at the Times toasting themselves. Like, I can't believe the Trash Future Pod guys fell for that one. <laughs> come on, come on, you're really taking the visit. They're not going to buy this. Come on. Okay, even here, Brendan O'Neill wouldn't write this. Here is where I believe the article peaks. Inspiring oh, to pre- gird your loins, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> inspiring togetherness through common service is hardly a new idea. Plutarch described how Rome's young men were conscripted. 
Oh, a round of applause. A round mm. of fucking applause for this woman and her brain, which is just fucking soup. <laughs> like, honestly, like, oh, the Romans did it. Oh, I think a great way to inspire confidence in the young would be to, like, have them build all these wooden crosses and hang the refugees up on them. The Romans did it! <laughs> why, do, why do we have to be Gaius Marius instead of the Gracchi? Yeah, because um, these people don't know who the Gracchi are. Well, the only Romans they've heard of are like Julius Caesar and like Asterix and Obelix. Like that is literally, <laughs> they've watched Gladiator a bunch of well, times. Well, that's the thing. Also, if you knew like, Maximus Decimus Meridius set, commander of the armies of the North, the commander of the, of the National Nations. Service of the Ditch Diggers of Cumbria. <laughs> um, and that's the other thing. Plutarch's not a good source for what it was actually like in Rome. He was Greek. He was Greek and was writing far later and viewed history as a kind of propaganda tool that he would use to advance his own ideas about what society should be. Yeah. In effect, you're asking one of the oldest people it's possible to ask what his fantasies about society ought to be. Well, I'm, I'm going like, to do the I'm going to do the reverse of this and be like, well, Suetonius writing about Elagabalus means that all of us should be trans, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what have you considered making? Making, making the minister for health uh, a horse. Mm. <laughs> you know what that's like? That would be like a Basically future. That would be like a future Canadian society looking back to Jacob Rees Mogg's book on the Victorians and then deciding to make policy based on that. A solution to no deal Brexit, drawing, drawing on a uh, famous, famous uh, economist Gaius Caligula, what we could do is build a kind of uh, bridge across the channel using all of, all of our country's grain fleet. I was going to say, my, my thought is along similar lines that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you have to draft everybody in national service so that you can stop climate change by flogging the sea until it becomes obedient. <laughs> we, do, we just we fix the common fisheries policy by acting like Tiberius, and if anyone tries to fish in our waters, we like rub the fish scales on their faces. Oh yeah, uh, he was wild. Mm. So um, normal man. The, 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 the Plutarch quote she uses is this. When they were all gathered together, rich and poor, patrician and plebeian alike, to share in the common dangers of a camp, they might learn to regard one another with less hatred and ill will. If you fucked anything up as a Roman soldier, they killed you. But also, like, <laughs> what, it also it's like, well, can't do away with the patrician-plebeian divide. That's gotta no, 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 stop. Obviously not. No, yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's, you know, that's yeah. a given. Also, Roman soldiers were paid in salt, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I feel like is something they might bring back, actually. <laughs> this same tactic- the same tactic could work today. Again, Alice, you're prefiguring something that she oh, actually please, does no. say. <laughs> what if we just killed one in ten people in Britain? <laughs> it was a successful <laughs> Roman army motivational no, technique. Rory Stewart is going to decimate the migrant problem. One in ten of you will be killed. <laughs> the same tactic could work today. Imagine a substantial life-changing program that brought together all teenagers, regardless of background, asterisk, 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 uh -huh. that gave them a common experience to be referred back to for the rest of their lives. It's called drugs. <laughs> <laughs> for those and white lightning. For those mm. stuck in silos of snobbery or class war, which are considered to be the same thing. <laughs> silos of snobbery. <laughs> it would keep all my snobbery dry for next season. It would show. <laughs> silos of would class show. war is actually how a collective farm works. <laughs> it would show that those on the other side of the divide are human beings. So, it means that when they like, you know, destroy all of the social programs that you need to live you'll remember that all that hey you hung out with their son and you know you both like Yu-Gi-Oh cards can i can i yeah, make but this also, like you know don't forget you destroyed you know the prospects and lives 
livelihoods of actual human beings. It's even better and more fun that way. Yeah, I also want to say that. this. This is maybe ending it on a slightly down note, but so in t- the mid 2000s when the Iraq war was really fucking shit and the US economy was kind of like overheated with the real estate boom, let's just say military recruiting standards went down pretty significantly because like they need they had quotas to fill and the people who shouldn't have been in the military because of mental or physical reasons were getting basically passed through. As you guys know, I was in the army back then and I saw people who's, who because of their mental health shouldn't have been in not because they were dangerous but because the bullshit, the indignities and like the cruelty of military life was was going to harm them significantly and those people fared very poorly and in many cases because of how horrendous the US sort of government system is these people then got kicked out because of their inability to cope and are now in worse positions in their life like in terms of having zero veterans benefits but also having like less than honorable discharges like military service fucking sucks and it's and militarized anything where it's regimented where it's, even if you're not training with weapons and marching it sucks and it's bad anything i, I honestly believe that anything that's that's compulsory like this is going to affect people really badly just because of the fact that it completely strips you of your autonomy. And it's like, so anytime people talk about this, oh, this would be a great bonding experience. It's like, join the fucking army then. Let me know how you feel. Let me know yeah. how it works out I for mean, you. I mean, look what it did to Rory Stewart. It turned him into a sort of uh, haunted, <laughs> haunted Pinocchio who, yeah. who, believes, who believes in just stupid nonsense. I, I just look I, at this I stuff like and it's just, it, it's, it, it's cosplay. And it's, it's really, because the problem is that cosplay on the part of upper class twits can turn into things that ruins the lives of people who have yeah, zero power. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like that we had this kind of very searing indictment of military service from having done it, and on Twitter people are still like, why do you podcast with a veteran? <laughs> uh, shut up to those the, people. Uh, the irony is that all of those people under this law, that was the only positive I can see from it, would then have to do actual military service, <laughs> and then would realise how bad a lot of the Soviet Union yes. actually was. <laughs> my, my, opinion, my opinion is that all of our critics should dig ditches until they like us. Yeah. That's that's the only kind of compulsory service I I am on board with. If you criticize our podcast, first you have to subscribe to the debate meet here on Patreon. Then you have first to dig all. ditches for two years. Then Struggle you can tell me what session. you think, yeah. guys. Before so, you can dig bitches, you got to dig some bitches. So it would help. Again, sort of comes up. It would help to address oh, the no. crisis of belonging that causes so many problems too: gang crime, knife crime, the seduction crisis of young of men. Any gang yeah. crime resulting from military <laughs> training. No, not at all. That's not like that happens in, say, some of those countries you're talking about, no, like the Sudan and, 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 and Libya. People, people definitely don't join the military in order to get skills they can transfer back to a gang. Oh, that never all of this, happens. All of this gang crime is just happening from a, a crisis of belonging. As though, like, <sighs> as though, like people people who carry knives around in Tottenham or wherever just sit at home going, like, oh, I don't know, Francois. I'm just, I'm just not sure I've really found myself yet. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll start selling heroin. Like, that's not, that's not how it happens. Like, the, ah. Like you could, for example, you all of these people were fine when they had youth services and money. They sort of were. You didn't have to draft them into a ditch digging force. You could just decide yeah. what they wanted How to about, do because they yeah, were given fund, the resources. Funding voluntary activities for young people within their communities. But it's no, not because, good because if they enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that's a handout, and uh, we have yes. to remember that everyone no, no, has no, to but suffer. But spending a billion, yeah, to, 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 on, to, on, to, on forced like, oh my god, to, to it's just so unbelievably also, dumb. Also, I said the seduction of young men online by radical preachers of the far right. I didn't just say the seduction of young men online. She, she finished the <laughs> sentence. Um, at the root of these life-destroying issues are boys who lack purpose. Hang on, is this just for men? Because actually, I, I, I just got behind it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they, they have a purpose and it's selling heroin. Yeah. Um, Com- it's, it's just no, not the copy- right purpose. Oh, copy- Com- yeah. Universal basic 
uh, copies of The Purpose Driven Life for everyone by oh, Joel Osteen, all these, maybe? All these, all these boys are becoming criminals. Could it be because of, like, the grinding poverty and misery of their daily lives? No. It must be because they haven't gone to, like, the special Boy Scout club where you have guns and get <laughs> shouted at. That, that's the reason why. Um, more broadly, a period of, an, of national service. I sorry, I thought the Plutarch was the peak. This is the peak. So we're peaking towards the end. Okay. More broadly, a period of national service would act as, and please let me get through this, an antidote to the culture of narcissism that is absorbing young people, the obsession with looks and likes on social media, the belief that life's crowning achievement is to appear on Love Island. <laughs> Yo, this clown oh, shit is actually fun. Yeah, this, she's face back. More, more people want to be on Love Island than want to love our island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God damn it. I've never met a woman so mad that people aren't faving her tweets. This is literally what it is. Like, oh, they're obsessed with likes. I'm not obsessed with likes. I'm obsessed with the truth. <laughs> of course, silliness has always been the prerogative of the young, said the person suggesting a billion pound program to force people to dig ditches because she doesn't want to have like... Like, I don't know, a minimal welfare state. The young have always Deeper loved their Deeper than getting a nanny for those like, couple of years. Yeah. Mm. They've always loved stick and hoop and uh, Blackpool Rock and things like that. <laughs> but the trouble is that today's silliness is making a lot of them anxious, depressed, and lonely. The problem is Love Island, so Ooh, everyone should join the army. Ooh, fucking woo. I thought we were going to be digging trenches, but for some reason we keep building this big wall around the coast. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, you I'm look- loving the idea of, like, Soviet love you look at, Yeah, you look at countries <laughs> where they do have this, service. and it's like, it's, it entrenches violent behaviours, like misogynistic cultures. I mean, the one I'm most familiar with in Greece, it's like, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's um, only for men, obviously, well, young men. Um, the the rich pay their way out, but it's 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 this culture of like hyper performed masculinity, like the idea that this somehow like makes people like more community focused or some bullshit. Like, look at the mm. outcomes. Like, look at any any shred of evidence at all. It's funny that in, no. in, in Turkey with national service, <laughs> you can get out of it if you're gay, but you have to provide like photographic or video evidence. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, I swear. <laughs> to your commanding officer who gets to keep it. Pretty <laughs> much. Uh-huh. Oh my god! Wait, my actually my favorite fact about Greek national service is that the Greeks insist on still having national service, but they literally don't have the money to fund it. So when you're doing Greek national service, you're like barracks near your home, and they send you home at lunchtime so they don't have to feed you lunch, and then you have to come back. So you literally go home to your mum for lunch from the army. Uh, so good. Uh, you don't have to be a reactionary old buffer to think that a spell away from home, being active, inhaling some fresh air, and getting off your social media would work wonders on the epidemic of unhappiness. But Traitor. it helps. Yes, you do have to be a reactionary yeah. old buffer to think yeah. that. Again, build, again, building the privatized capita seawall with like mm. uh, everyone else who wasn't able to buy their way out of it. That's de- you know what? No, I'm actually for this now because it's going to create class consciousness and mass mobilization and training of a pot- of a potential liberatory force <laughs> Zoe's putting a good face <laughs> <laughs> no it's not gonna oh, okay fine okay I'm not for it anymore never mind you, c- you can cancel me but only for that one second yeah. this is what <laughs> they were trying to do with the volunteer border force guys yeah mm. no but that's literally what it but is compulsory. I mean <laughs> But that, but, but, that was, but that was national service for boomers yeah. who were doing it for just for the love of racism. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do racism for the fame or the money or the sports cars or even the women. I do racism because I believe in it. I'm a lunch pail <laughs> racist who gets, who doll trains hard and just goes for twos. I don't go for dunks. I, do, I may be 6'6", but I do layups, damn it. The racism Olympics was better when it was, when it was amateur. <laughs> so, do, do what you love. You'll never work a day in your life. 
<laughs> so, to compel young people to take part in such a scheme, Adolf Hitler. To, mm. compel, to compel young people to take part in such a scheme may seem to run counter to a, the spirit of a free country. Yes, it really does seem to. It's amazing how that works. Uh, but in our obsession with freedom, free speech, freedom to be who you are, freedom to do what you want, I fear we may have lost some emphasis on responsibility. Oh. <laughs> She's literally what about cribbing your responsibility to like Spider-Man. literally hurt yourself for having written that article? Like, yeah, with cut off your own fingers and never type again. Mm. <laughs> no, oh she must type again. We need content. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that is your Ryan, product. She gets pulled of, there, of content. Keep typing. She gets pulled out of retirement. Clever. I know I swore I'd never write another article again. No, no, Clefos, you don't understand. It's 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 dire. The, the young people. They're back. Oh the, my god! The young people are posting on social media, and they have more genders than ever. But the, <laughs> the real people, national service is becoming trans. They're going. They're going. <laughs> they're going on Love Island, but Love Island somehow communist now. <laughs> we have to. We have to wall off Love Island. <laughs> Walling off the Love Island. Love okay. Island becomes Cuba. Okay. There's okay. Love Island menus. Yeah. If Love Island became Cuba, maybe I'd be more say, interested in getting say, on it. You, you're just describing so like, Australian I mean, I'm going to take a, a wild guess, and this woman's a Tory, right? Like. You know, yes, like she her, works for David Cameron. Uh, okay, yeah, shocker. So she, like, her, 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 like, justification at the end of the day for this is like, you know, the the mental health crisis that we're seeing. I mean, that is so disgustingly disingenuous. Like, you know, this is, you know, an area that is chronically underfunded. Like, in terms of actual things that help people, and and her solution is like, yeah, like just send them off to like a brutal version of summer camp. It's just, it's so yeah. disingenuous. It's just, and it feels like, it feels like we actually are playing into it by laughing at her. I mean, I, I, I really do feel like she can't have meant it. She, it's so stunningly bad. It's, it's never, another level. Never, it's a new level. Never underestimate the capacity of someone who thinks they are both a Tory and socially progressives, like a Cameron Tory, to engage in moronic self-delusion. Yeah. However, I think they, we are also running very short on time, so it falls to me only to say thank you very much, Zoe, for coming out today. Cheers, guys. And also um, to say that uh, you've already subscribed to the Patreon if you're listening to this, so thanks. Um, and to say that we are going to be performing at Birmingham Transformed on August 8th and the Edinburgh Fringe Festival on August 10th. So do get your tickets for those. Yeah. Um, Milo? Links in the goddamn description. Um, this, is this, this is this week's uh, primo. There will be a smoke comedy tonight, which is the 20th, um, at the Secford at 8pm. The headline of that was supposed to be Mark Watson, but it's now not going to be Mark Watson, but it's going to be someone of a similar caliber, depending on who Mark Watson finds as his replacement, because uh, he's pulled out at the last minute, but he feels Mark, bad about it. Mark Watson just slowly disappearing from the photograph next to Stalin. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Mr. Snrub. Um, and uh, there will also be, if that's too short notice to you, there'll be another smoke comedy on the 3rd of July uh, where we're going to have friend of the show, Aiden Taco Jones. All right. Uh, oh, can you tell you people to rack, to rack off? off your fucking truck, <laughs> can you tell people to rack off, please? Uh, it's um, going to have Maria Shahada and Pierre Novelli as well. Oh, so it's going to be a great lineup. Yeah, little little Balthazar speedboat action. Exactly. Um, yes. Also, uh, if you're in New York, I'll be in New York from the 3rd to the 15th of July. So, uh you know, do something with that information. Yeah, stalk him on IRL. Yeah. Yeah. Follow him on IRL, exactly. Um, but from our family to your family, have a good night, shit, commute, or uh, passive-aggressive ignoring your flatmate session. Unpaid shift at the National Dick Sucking Factory. <laughs>